Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. She brings over a decade of nutrition expertise and playing with her food to the table. From coaching, teaching, writing, and work Working within a major food company to behind the scenes for a health celebrity. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. Hey, hey, hey. This week, we're talking to my dear friend, Ashley Sweeney, who just made her sixth move in five years, I think to California, where she's now working full-time for Shalene Johnson. She's going to talk to us about moving. However, I felt that the tips that she gave were also great for any kind of travel or change in your life, like back to school. And I have two quick requests for you today. One would be if you have some back to school tips, I'd love to feature them next week in our episode. Please send them to hello at lessstresslife.com. And next week's episode is all about, by your request, supplements all about if you should be taking them, what you should be taking, and if they're useful, basically. So if you have questions about supplements, make sure you get those questions over to hello at lessstresslife.com as well. That episode will be airing later in the week than usual due to vacation, so you have a couple extra days, but don't delay because you know we both forget to do that. All right, today's Kitchen Ninja Chip tip. Uh, Zucchini, it's full season, right? Is there, are we in full swing for zucchini season? If you don't have a little zoodler to make zucchini noodles, first of all, if you've never tried zucchini noodles, you really should. They are delicious and um, they're amazing in Asian food, especially. So if you just do zucchini noodles with some protein and other veggies and do like an Asian sauce, really fantastic. No, you do not have to boil them. You just throw them in at the end after everything else is cooked and made and just warm them through and they're perfect. Now, if you don't have a zoodler, you can simply take a carrot peeler and just over the pan, like quickly uh, make ribbons of zucchini with your carrot peeler. If you're in the market for a zucchini um, zoodler or a a zoodler in general, some of them work for zucchini and some of them work for other big vegetables. But just to keep it light and small, I think the best one right now is the OXO is a really interesting, interesting one I've seen. And I think it's like four or five bucks. I'll put it in the show notes. And once you're super just sick of zucchini and zoodles, 
I usually take the big dog zucchinis at the end of the season, put them in the food processor and pure them into, um, you know, sh- shredded hash so I can make zucchini hash or something else throughout the year. Let me know if you put that kitchen ninja tip to use or if you have better ideas for zucchini. And before I forget, happy birthday, Ashley. Off to the show. So today I'm so excited to be having Ashley Sweeney on the show. And Ashley is a friend of mine for this last year. She's a registered dietitian, a military wife, and a mom to two young babies and runs her own online nutrition business. She's also the lead dietitian for Shalene Johnson's innovative new nutrition program. Ashley is originally from Michigan, but has lived all over the country for school and for her husband's military career. She graduated with her degree from Syracuse University and then completed her master's in dietetic internship from Case Western Reserve University in Ohio. I believe that's right. Yes. So, Ashley, welcome to The Less Stressed Life. I'm so Thank excited you, that you're here. And I met Ashley online, which would have sounded so creepy, like five <laughs> or seven or ten. I don't know how long ago. Maybe it still sounds creepy to people. I doubt it if they're listening to a podcast. But we met in an online dietitian group. Um, we were both kind of looking for an accountability partner. We had similar business and background um, and goals. And so we kind of just checked in every week uh, to kind of keep us focused and moving forward. And I just have to mention, I just wanted to like tell people that are listening about that because I think that can be such a meaningful thing. And even when you come in and out of different accountability relationships, I if you kind of reflect back, I don't know about you, but if I reflect back, like accountability has really changed my life, honestly, like mm-hmm. working with other people in that capacity and just having someone to watch your back. And sometimes having one person, you know, isn't enough. Obviously, you and I were both committed enough to stay in touch, um, but it's good to have multiple people sometimes. So anyway, yeah. it can it can really make a big difference. So, so yes, but the one thing that I really noticed about Ashley and I asked her to come on and talk about today is that in the time that I've known her, maybe eight months or just this last year, um, right now you're preparing for your second move for your husband's career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how many moves have you guys made overall together? Yeah, so this will be our fifth move in our sixth house. Um, we've been married almost six years, so we we're, we average a house a year is what I, I joke about. Um, but we moved one time ourselves just down the road to a bigger house before our baby was born. But, yeah, we move we move quite a bit, and they tend to be um, right around the holidays or my birthday. So I told my husband eventually, you're going to have to get me a real present <laughs> other than a new house. <laughs> I noticed how immediately calm and cool and collected you were after you moved. I mean, even though you're packing up now, presently, two little girls. I mean, one, your little one is maybe seven or nine months old. How old is she? Yeah, she's 10 months, and uh, she'll be right around a year by the time we get settled into our new house. And then my other one's almost three. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's that's a handful, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. And so, I mean, not that long ago, you just moved across country. I'm trying to remember. I think you were in Georgia, right? And then you moved to Arizona? Yeah. yeah. Yep, we moved from Georgia, and then we came out to Arizona. And this is only a six-month temporary stop in the road. And then we will head out to California next. So, um I just remember you mentioning on the in our in our accountability check-ins like I just I really need to just get settled in this week and I'm, and I'm gonna have everything unpacked and ready to go like within the week and honestly I've moved a fair amount of times <laughs> not anymore I have permanent roots now but and I've seen my family and friends move and I've seen boxes in the corner for uh, months if not years and uh, there's just something about kind of 
that like physical baggage that I think can kind of pull us down, right? Because our environment Definitely. Is, such, is such a big piece of our well-being. Um, so I wondered if you were always like that, if you always kind of got right into it and tell me more about like, how do you do that? How do you master movement mm-hmm. in a week? Yeah. So no, I don't think I was always like this, but in high school we had kind of a, um, kind of a crazy family situation and things were kind of rough. And then when I was looking at colleges, my mom was actually the one that encouraged me to go away, to get out of the area in in a healthy, positive way, um, to get a kind of a fresh start. And so I moved to a new state and nobody, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. Um, and then I continued to travel abroad where I didn't know anyone or I didn't speak the language. So up until that point, I, I was never really pushed out of my comfort zone. I lived in a very safe little community. I was always in my own little bubble. Um, so it kind of started there. And then when my husband, um, when we got married and we started moving around a bunch, I just, you know, I don't really know how it got so comfortable, but it did. I mean, I'm such a homebody and I'm, I'm really an introvert. My home is my comfort place where I just, I love to be at home. So for us, home is where the army sends you. And it sounds so cliche, but Army families, military families really do feel that way. So my home is with my family. My home is with the things that make me feel comfortable. Um, I, and I really just feel like there's some things that are worth worrying over and other things you have no control over. So the Army told us where and when to move and I don't have control over that, but how I react to that, how I manage that move, that is up to us. So, um, did you want me to elaborate some examples? Yeah. Did you, did you always feel that way or was there a time when you felt a little more harried and a little more crazy? Yeah, it was hard at first to get used to this lifestyle and this, these moves. Um, I, it, it just was, it really was hard at first. Um, I got involved really quickly with uh, my husband encouraging me, not pushing me in any type of way, but I realized that if this is going to be my new home, I just, I better get settled in quickly. So not even the material things of unpacking, but, but getting involved with the community right away. So I joined different spouses groups. There's always, always events for spouses wherever you go. Um, different units, different FRGs, different volunteering, different groups for spouses. And there's all types of settings. So sometimes just because of the nature of the event or who's there, you don't always feel comfortable. But I realized I'm never going to know until I explore. And I usually would find at least one person that I became friends with or that I had communication with that I got along with. And so I just found that even if I only found one person at those events, that was a success. And that helped me get helped me get more comfortable and helped me again continue to kind of grow my comfort zone and continued to try other events and go to other events that I wasn't comfortable with going to in the first place. But I just had to go. So were you always kind of adventurous then? Uh, I would say not until college. So not until that first big move away from home was I. Um, I was very just really always just in my own little bubble. Um, so I wouldn't say I've always been this way. I just I think the my move to across the um, my move to a new school and then my husband's very outgoing, adventurous personality. He definitely helps push me. That's kind of the beauty of relationships sometimes. You're supposed to uh, benefit the other person, right? So I have wanderlust really badly, though. I love that you went to Italy. Was that for school or for a career move? 
It was. I studied abroad there. I studied um, actually nutrition, the Mediterranean diet, and um, it was amazing. And I traveled around Europe for a little while and just had a lot of fun doing that. So um, with the Army, too, we've moved. We've lived all over the country now. If we moved straight from the East Coast, now we're moving straight to the West Coast. Um, but it's funny because things with the Army just change so quick. So you just you never really know what's going to happen until you get there. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that that could put a person on edge for sure. And it kind of sounds like mm-hmm. you got really good at it. You got really good at it. So along the way, did you add some things to your life, like um, to make the frequent moves more manageable with a baby and toddler? Um, like, do you have any tips to share? I mean, since you're so experienced, do you have – you know, something that you want to share with our audience, like if you were going to be making a move, even if you're not moving all the time, maybe you've made a move and you're still trying to get settled down. You know, how, what tips do you have for people? Yeah, definitely. So a few things would be, the well, I have maybe four or five tips that I think could help other moms who are moving. Um, is the first is just to ask for help. I mean, you're always going to have friends who, who you feel like they offer just to say they're being, who are just being polite. But a lot of times those friends are genuine and take them up on their offer. Sometimes we are, we're martyrs to ourselves and we try to do it all ourselves and we don't have to. You just, you just don't have to do it all yourself just to say you did it yourself. And I think that's something I did in the beginning was, you know, kind of, oh, woe is me. We, I have to move all the way across here all by myself. Oh my gosh. You know, woe is me. This is so hard. And I find um, some women kind of, um, it's kind of they like that themselves they like to do everything themselves but but you just don't have to and that is unneeded stress that you that you're putting upon yourself mm-hmm. um the second one would be to pick and choose your battles and what's worth worrying over or stressing over i mean like i said we have no control sometimes over where we're moving we thought we were moving um at one point to italy as a couple as a, before we had kids and then turns out we got sent to georgia we thought another time we were moving to D.C., we had about six months till we were moving to D.C., and then 10 days later, we were moving um, across the state to a different a different station. Like, we just, we don't know sometimes, and so I could get really bogged down with that worry, but my husband and I are really open with communication, and he just tells me all the time, what's changing? Here's a new option. Here's what could happen, and and at first, I let that stuff really worry me, too, the possibility of us just moving or the possibility of him going to a different school or a different training or going abroad. Um, and I would really get worried over what would happen if that, if that happened. And I just realized that instead of worrying about those, what ifs, we just have to live in the moment because a lot of times those are just his thoughts of, of what could happen and, and, and just options. So instead of dwelling on that, we just learn to discuss, talk about the pros and cons of everything and really make all those decisions moving forward as a family. Um, that's amazing. The third, you guys are great. <laughs> we've, and that's something too, that has helped with all this, because I think if we didn't communicate well with when, when one of us is stressed or when something is going wrong, then, then it wouldn't work out either. We would be, it would make our traveling and our, our moves much more difficult. Um, but the third thing that I think would help other, where we always get this communication. No, no, no. Um, my husband and I have been married about six years, but we knew each other for way longer before that. And I think that just comes with time with couples growing together. 
And so that was definitely something our early years of marriage and even before we got married, um, we were always long distance with his deployments. So we, we had to learn how to communicate. And so that was just the deployments and, and the time apart before kids and building our relationship and our communication before kids makes it easier now. Okay, so you're giving us some tips. Um, yeah. Not to dwell. So the, and what was the first one? What was the first one? Yep, the first one was to ask for help and take friends up on their offers. Okay. The second one was to pick and choose your battles. And then the third one is to remember that life is always an adventure, and our kids will feel that way if we, we make them feel that way. Um, they don't need to go with, know when things are going wrong or when there are problems that the parents have to deal with. I really think the kids need to feel safe and secure at all times throughout the, the moving process. And an example of that was when we were driving one time, and um, so many things were going wrong with this trip. It was storming, and the power was out, and there were trees down everywhere. You couldn't see anything. It was it was way past bedtime. We were supposed to have already been at a destination. It was just a mess. Um, but I knew that if I was to lead on, led on with how stressed was I really was, um, the kids would feel it. The girls would feel it. So the next day my husband said to me, you know, wow, you were really calm yesterday. And wow, the girls were so patient the whole day. Weren't you stressed out? And I said, I laughed at him and I was, oh my gosh, yes, I was. I was, I was furious at you because you put us in that position to drive that day. I was so mad at you. I was so stressed, but the girls didn't need to know that. They didn't need to feel that either because I think that kids feel our energy and that they can fuel off that. Um, so I just didn't want to add to the situation and add to the stress. So I entertained them. I preoccupied them. I I just dealt with it. And then it was an adventure. We just made it out to be an adventure. And another time we were flying across the country and a whole two-hour plane ride ended up being a whole day with two kids by myself and they didn't know that we weren't supposed to be taking 10 plane rides. They just knew we were going up and down and up and down and it was exciting and it was fun and it just had to be an adventure. So that's something that I think with kids is so important to make them feel secure, make them feel safe and they don't need to worry when things are going wrong. I just have such a big smile plastered on my face because you can just hear what a good mom you are. Um, and just, you know, I have a husband that does well with that as well. He he just, you know, he, he makes it, he always makes it seem, like if something's going wrong, he always just makes it seem like it's how the way it's supposed to be for the kids. So um, I just yeah. smile that you, that you say all that. So very good. Uh, I think that was, was there, is that number four? Yeah, that was number three. And then number four is just to talk about it with kids and let them know what to expect. I mean, mine's only three, and so we don't have a lot to talk about except her getting a new room and a new bed. And, you know, there's not much there. But, but she's excited about moving to California and and her new bed. And just we get all adventure, and um, we're just talking about what's coming. That is so awesome. Very good. Very good tips. So we're both dietitians, and I know that health is very important to you. So traveling all the time, I mean, this is something we talk to clients about. When you're traveling, it's kind of hard to be on your game, um, and you feel more stressed out. I mean, this might be too much information for some people, but probably not if they're listening to this show. People who, who are traveling, it affects their bowel movements. You know, we have more underlying stress than we think. So what are some things that you do to keep your family maybe more healthy during these moves or just kind of, like, make them feel more at home? 
Yeah, so I'm always, I'm a planner and I'm a prepper when it comes to meals and snacks. So I just always make sure we have healthy things with us and that we're not leaving it to chance with drive through or fast food. And, and those things happen sometimes and it just is part of life. But, but if we're driving, we find parks to play at. We walk around or we've even just found a Walmart to walk up and down the aisles when the weather wasn't so great. So those are little things we do actually during the move. And then, before and after the move is when my meal planning really becomes even more important. And I teach meal planning to busy moms and that's my program, my mommy feeding family course. And and I really live by that. I I teach it. I, I preach what I, or I practice what I preach. I really do try to do my best to make sure I have healthy things available for my family. And I don't really make exceptions because when we don't eat well, we, we feel off and we're already dealing a lot of times with time zone changes and new places and, I don't want to throw a bunch of junk into our systems to mess with that even more. Right. I totally agree. And just having a plan is so helpful because you don't want to get stuck with kids because it seems like every single time they have, they're all on a different schedule. They're stuck. Right. right? And you're supposed to kind of allow them um, to kind of choose and not, you know, force them to eat a certain time. So it's it's really good to have plans, especially if you're stuck in the car or traveling for so, so long. You know, I heard a phrase one time, I mean, we're talking about kind of like some regular moves and we talked a little bit Mm -hmm. about what if someone has been somewhere for a while and kind of what are some tips. But, you know, I heard a phrase once that stuck with me really hard. And the reason it stuck with me so hard is because I moved to a very unexpected place um, when I followed my new husband back to his family farm. And uh, it was not at all where I expected to end up whatsoever. And I really didn't love it right away. And it did take about two years for it to feel like home, which is which is the expression that I'd heard my cousin use one time, that it takes about two years for a place to feel like home. But that might not be the case with you. You don't get two years in one place. So what's your gut reaction? <laughs> if another mom or wife in your situation or just anyone wants to pe- speed up that process significantly? Yeah, so I I give myself 10 days, maybe two weeks, to get everything unpacked and ready. And I'm not even a control freak, but like I said, I just like to be home. So when packing, label everything super specific. Just label really, get your labeling down. Then when you're unpacking, it can go right to where it needs to be. And there's no wondering about where certain things are, if something got lost, because you have a system for your labeling and your tracking of, of all your items and to get help. So occasionally we've been in a situation where we could fly a mother or or sister or my mother-in-law out to help us with the move process. And that really helped having somebody to watch the kids. Um, And sometimes in the military, you can get the the army moves you or the military moves you. But if you're not moving with the military, you can look online for movers who will come with four guys in a truck or whatever for four hours and they'll unpack everything off the truck because there's four or six of them. And it's way too, cheaper than you think and then you just direct them where to go where things need to go and you can stand there and start unpacking right away and I think those types of things outweigh the cost kind of you do a cost benefit or a stress benefit analysis here Mm -hmm. that type of stress relief is is so worth it to me so Mm -hmm. those are some old things that we do that kind of make it easy right away right Back to choosing your battles, right? Like that's at the end of the yeah. day, you have to decide what are what is your what is your peace of mind worth? And at some point, you just have to be willing to invest in that if this is something that you know is right for you, right? Exactly. Um, you know, when you're following your husband around, it's kind of hard to settle down and have you know a, a brick and mortar career per se. So you've been growing your own private practice for about 
four years or so. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So how do you deal with mom and wife guilt, if any, that you have um, when trying to create your own career amidst working around your husband's career? And that's kind of like the dynamic, I think, of any married couple or people in a partnership. Yeah, it really is. And I guess the thing is that I have always loved what I do. Like, I've always loved my work. It's why I went into the field of nutrition. So I'm really passionate about my work. Um, I didn't see it as an option not to continue. I just, I really do love what I do. So having kids fueled me even more. So I had the option as soon as I um, had my daughter to stay working with the company I was working with um, in at one of the state duty stations we were at. But I just decided that I was going to do my own thing full-time, and having kids, like I said, just really fueled me because I realized how many moms are lacking support or lacking proper nutrition, and they're lacking proper advice. Our pediatricians, OBs, Facebook groups for moms, and, and Pinterest, there's just so much misinformation out there. So I really felt called to do my part even more, and uh, my husband has always been really amazing in this area, and he is so supportive, and he knows that sometimes I need to do calls at night or I need to catch up on work instead of just chilling and Netflixing, and um, he'll help out with the girls if I have to do a call or a podcast like this. Like, he's amazing. He's outside with the girls right now just so we could have a quiet house for a little bit, and so um, we're open with our communication, and we talk about goals. We talk about what we're working on. And I think that has been something that has really been helpful, too, because he knows that some of my goals for my business um, are going to take a little bit of priority sometimes over just maybe just uh, just chilling out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like your next course could be about uh, goal setting for couples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so did creating your own thing kind of become a survival mechanism or is it just was it just totally natural? I mean, for someone listening that is maybe in a similar situation or doesn't love what they're doing, um, you know, what can what kind of insight can you offer in that? Yes, I, I think having my own thing is a survival mechanism because it's also something I think more moms need to do, not necessarily starting your own business, but a hobby outside of our children. I mean, motherhood's amazing. I, I don't need to, I don't need to go into that. We all know it is. Um, and motherhood is my identity, but sometimes I think us moms need to fill our cup with something outside of of our babies and, you know, get kind of restored mentally with using our adult brain cells and talking to other adults or working on a project that takes critical analytical thinking and doing something outside of our home that makes us feel like we are, um, that we have a brain. And I think that we can be better mothers and better, better spouses when we have something, have our own thing, whatever that thing is for moms. Absolutely. Amen. And that's actually like largely why I love this podcast so much because it gives me a chance to talk to other adults and, yeah. about and learn and then share it with other people. So it's such a blast. And this is, you know, even though we're just talking online, I got my matcha tea latte here. I don't know what you're drinking. So I'm definitely having virtual coffee day with you. Yeah, exactly. So good. So where can people find you if they want to know more about you or maybe want to work with you or maybe interested in your, um, I think you mentioned your program, where can they learn more? Yeah, so if there are any moms who are interested in meal planning and um, feeding your family healthy, it's not even just about meal planning, um, but you can go to mommyfeedingfamily.com. It's all one word, and I actually have a coupon code for your listeners. They can type in the coupon code Krista 
for $20 off. Um, but if you're not a mom or if you're not interested in a program like that, my website is just AshleySweeneyNutrition.com, and I think you'll see all my links to all my social media stuff on there. Oh, it was so nice of you to offer that to them. I mean, I read a, I think I read a self-care article the other day about types of self-care, which is like my underlying passion project, right? Mm-hmm. Self-care and like help, wanting moms to have more self-care, especially newer moms. And it kind of mentioned about, you know, when you take five minutes for this or 10 minutes to just plan a meal for the next couple of days or 15 minutes for, you know, just to stop and relax and refocus, you know, just even turning the, the radio off on the way home, something like that, you know, those self-care things pay back in triple all the time. Um, they give you more time. So there is definitely benefits to that. I'm sure you have more benefits listed on your site. So anyway, that is so much. That's awesome that you offer that. And I um, just appreciate you so much as a person. Oh, thank um, you. And I've always, yeah, I just, I really, I can just tell that Ashley might be a little more organized than I am. And when she had all of her stuff up on her wall and I'm thinking, I took like two years to decorate. <laughs> I'm really impressed, and I thought there's got to be something to gain um, for our audience. On you know, it doesn't matter if you're moving all the time, even though I think there's plenty of people in your situation for sure, and you, and that's part of it, right? Connecting to those people. But I think there's all things we can learn about um, from some of the tips that you gave that can benefit our life. And I just I hear all this underlying stuff, and I just kind of wonder, Ashley, are you a personal development junkie? Definitely. I definitely, of course. So I can't yeah. not listen to a podcast while I'm driving or have an audio book on when I'm out for a run or all the time. Yeah. Well, personal development junkies unite. I mean, I know that was a life changing thing. It's like that's that was another way to early uh, exercise my adult brain self. Definitely. So, <laughs> I loved that what you said about that. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with our listeners a little bit about your very personal story and the backside, the inside of Ashley Sweeney. So thank you, Krista. Thanks for having me. 